Hello, and welcome to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf, brought to you by the Whole Food Health Coach LLC, where we make your goals our goals, and you're never alone on your wellness journey. Experience the information, inspiration, and collaboration of our Coach in Your Corner partnership. My name is Stephanie Wolf. I'm a national board certified health and wellness coach and proud owner of the Whole Food Health Coach, now in its ninth year, and five time winner of the Best of Gwinnett Award of Endocrinology, Diabetes, and Metabolism Practices. Rachel Sherry and I invite you to visit WholeFoodHealthCoach.com to set up your 60-minute healthy living assessment. WorkWell is dedicated to your personal and professional health and wellness. I offer examples from my own life, health, marriage, family, and business. I share my research, my opinion, and my faith, designed to bring you compelling content, engaging challenges, and practical body, soul, and spirit support on your wellness journey. WorkWell comes to you from my personal desire to live long and strong with passion and purpose, die of old age, and help others to do the same. Together in partnership with Dr. Katherine Wigman of Georgia MD Direct. The Direct Primary Care Clinic is located in Swanee, Georgia. Dr. Catherine operates on a monthly membership fee and does not take insurance. Members like me have a phone number to reach their primary care provider directly at any time. So from living rooms to boardrooms, here on Gwinnett Business Radio X, you're listening to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf. All right, let's do this. I have a funny story to start us off with. It's called A Pastor's Power. A pastor was in the middle of his sermon when he noticed a man had fallen asleep with his head on his wife's shoulder. Ma'am, wake your husband up, the pastor snapped. The wife smiled and replied, you put him to sleep, you wake him up. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry about that. All right, well, I like to make you laugh. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that every week I seek to offer you some information and inspiration, make you smile a little bit. I like to encourage you to challenge yourself, change something, improve something. Let go of something, pick up something, start something, or restart something. We've been a lot of direction all year, and I can't believe it's October already, but this month is all about relationships. And um, last week, we did uh, Daddy's Girls, so we talked about our relationship with our parents, our father in specific. And then today, in honor of Pastor's Appreciation Day, which is coming up this Sunday, with my favorite pastor, my husband, Jack Wolf, for what I'm calling the pastoral perspective. Hi, Jack. Welcome. Well, hey there. Good uh, Good afternoon, I guess it is. Thanks for having me on, hon. I appreciate it. Oh, I always love having you, and everybody loves you. They actually love you a little more than me. We'll see how it goes today. <laughs> okay. See if we if we still love each other at the end of the podcast We'll love today. each other. I don't know we... if they'll be impressed with me or not. We'll see. <laughs> well, I think I'm always impressed with you, so I'm sure they will be. All right, so we wore our Healthy Living Revolution shirts today, and um, most everyone who's been listening to me knows that I have a clean mission. Um, I have a whole series called Clean Concepts. And I'm doing lots of different pieces with that. But the CLEAN acronym actually stands for character, how you care about yourself. And that's kind of the core values that drive you and help you to make decisions throughout your life. And the actions and behavior um, that we experience or that we choose actually are driven and fueled by our core values. So we're going to be leaning in a little bit to that more today. And then lifestyle, how we live out those things that we say we believe. So we are going to go a lot of different directions today. Um, In keeping, again, with the clean concepts, um, character, how you care, 
your core values, lifestyle, how you live, and living out those things you say you believe, exercise, how you move, and attitude, how you think, as well as nutrition, how you eat. Today, we're going to lean more into the CLA part of the CLEAN acronym with um, the pastoral perspective from my husband. And we're going to share a little bit about where, we, <laughs> where we've come from. We will be celebrating 50 years of marriage in March of next year, and we've been in ministry over four 45 years, if I'm counting, somewhere around there. Um, 1985, I believe, was the year that um, God promoted my husband to full-time ministry. And um, we're going to talk about that a little bit and then what we're doing today. So I'd love to just say, hey, Jack, tell us um, where you're at today, what you're doing now, or you want to start back where we started in the early days of CCF. Um, That's fine, too. Well, I think that would be great. Why don't you go ahead and kind of roll through our little, because you'll do a better job. I go off on a bunny trail. Give us this little synopsis of uh, episodes that bring us up to where we are currently, and then I'll weigh in here and there as okay. we go. How about that? All right. See, when I told you he was coming, you know, that he's the boss. So I, uh, he is my, um, my general manager for my company. And um, so I think that's a good plan. I actually started writing something about our history because part of Epic and the Epic Faith mission or Epic Faith vision um, was all about where our story meets his story or history. And our history is kind of important to uh, how we get where we are. And for all of you who are listening, it's important to you too. I think there are a lot of things we learn from our past and um, some things that we learn well that we don't want to repeat and other things that are working well for us that we do more of. So Epic Faith is a faith that's so big that it's actually small. That's kind of our mentality is really not necessarily building big, but building deep and doing something more meaningful and impactful. And so Epic is defined as a long poem, typically one derived from ancient oral tradition, narrating the deeds and adventures of heroic and legendary figures or history of a nation. So when I'm thinking about a legendary figure, mm. obviously where our story meets his story, I'm talking about Jesus. That's right. And, um, you know, lots of God had happened before I came on the scene. At nineteen, you know, in 1958, and you in 1956. So he had been doing just fine without us, probably <laughs> along the the time. But he needs us. He needs us, and I love that we're a part of that story. And I think that's what makes all the difference in the world is the fact that we own that, uh, at least our piece of the story, our piece of the journey. Sure. And we've certainly done some good things, and we've done some great things, and we've done some idiotic things and made some missteps along the way, and we'll tell you a little bit more about that. But all of our stories of faith point to his story or history, and that's what makes Epic Faith come alive. That's why um, originally our church name was Calvary Christian Fellowship, and we were 18 years down on Main Street in Duluth, still love our Duluth heritage and Mm. the the legends that lived. Um, back then, right? Great memories there for sure. So um, the, actually 1987 is when um, the Lord called Jack and me and Jeremy and Chad to move from Auburn, Indiana to Atlanta, Georgia to plant a church. We didn't have anybody here that was calling us nope. except for the Father who except had the Lord. really laid uh, on Jack's heart that we were to move. I wasn't, compl- <laughs> wasn't convinced at all, um, but God continued to confirm and affirm things in my heart as well. But simple obedience to the call of God 
iPod and meager belongings as well as a 200 you know, $200 in our pocket is the famous $200 story. That's right. And um, so we just kind of picked up our little family and a, a small U-Haul and moved down to the Atlanta area and landed in Duluth. And then the Lord um, helped us to start Calvary Christian Fellowship on Easter Sunday in mm-hmm. 1988 in a small rented room at the Marriott right. Pleasant Hill um, road in Duluth, Georgia. So, and then our our life just began to grow from there, and our ministry began to grow. Obviously, the church grew and grew and grew, and uh, we were on Main Street, rented the facility, then we bought the facility, then we did a bunch of construction on the facility. A lot of people remember you out there laying brick yep. on that building, yep. and I still remember when Pastor Jack was laying the brick. They always just assumed that you know you just were out there for slave you know labor you know basically. Nope, I love doing it too. Yeah, but you also had, uh, you know, credentials. I mean, it wasn't like you were just, like you say, stacking one on two. Jesus had credentials too, but he was also a carpenter. There you go. All right. So I'm just saying. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And we've pretty much been bivocational almost all of our life. I only remember a very short time um, of just completely full-time ministry um, there on Main Street. But the uh, the church grew and grew, like I said, a thousand members, three services on Sunday, twelve staff, a lot of pastors, huge budget, and we had just bought new land and um, were ready to build a brand new complex on that land. And then the Lord just changed our focus. I think sometimes, uh, and you can address um, mm. this too, because of the things that n- normally that would be the next step normally for, it would be. for a church our size, and three services on Sunday was pretty exhausting. One of them was in Spanish, so we did not do that service ourselves. We had Spanish. Si. <laughs> we had Spanish. Pass. Hola, como esta? Um, okay, yes. I'm sorry to butcher the um, Hispanic languages and insult anyone out there listening. But um, so in 2005 is kind of when, you know, God really spoke. And what I remember, and I was going back looking at my journals for these things. And in my journal, I wrote um, that God spoke to you that you can go there if you want to, but I'm not going there. Mm. And that still just really tugs on my heartstring a little bit, just because that word alone, I mean, you know, we wouldn't be going where God wasn't sending us. Right. Otherwise, we'd still be in Auburn, Indiana. We would never have moved down here That's and right. met all the wonderful people that we've met. So, um, and then, you know, really just kind of started seeking the Lord at that time. It's like, okay, well, then now what? Because mm. we had already sold our building in downtown, and um, we were renting back from them at the time, and we were going to be building the building, and we were working with them to um, bring the theater, which is now the Red Clay Theater, mm-hmm. and um, the Pure Taqueria, which was our youth and offices and yeah. our big yeah. um, sanctuary after the second renovation when we bought it and built on. So anything about that before I move in, because I want to make sure you communicate what you need to communicate along these lines. Well, just they were wonderful times. I'm, I'm sorry. They were wonderful times. They were great, uh, great opportunities for sure. And I think uh, it's easy to um, kind of think that once you start down a certain road, it's, you're going to continue to go down that road, that direction, that way. This is going to be how it all works out kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you were saying that, it reminded me of a time where one of the one of the apostles was swept away um, out of a crowd to uh, witness to an Ethiopian eunuch. And um, 
you know, and you, you just, you, you, we, we have to be careful not to mechanize everything and say, this is the way it now always must be uh, kind of a deal. And if you read the Bible for crying out loud, um, that is a, 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 a book of adventures of people's lives. I mean, from start to finish, there's one twist and turn after another. It's not a book that's edited for to make us all feel good. There's some tough stuff in there, some heartbreaking stuff there's some amazing things in there but in the midst of it all um, we see the Lord you know weaving his life his power his spirit through frail human beings that are doing the very best they can to follow him Moses Jonah you know Samson I mean goodness gracious they're all doing and and God always shines in the midst of it and he always gets the glory and he uses us and I'll say this in spite of ourselves at times, um, you know, because we do it as good as we can, and then he uses us, and we, we always acknowledge him um, in that. So, yeah. Yeah, I think those those years, you know, we just followed what we thought was the next step. Right. And, you know, certainly we were getting a lot of, um, you know, counsel from people who've been there, done that. Sure. And so we were following along in the normal path that seemed to be the next steps for us and for the congregation. Everybody wanted that as well. Sure. And so there was a lot of probably disappointment that came as a result of that. I know I was a little bit disappointed yeah, myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it felt like, okay, we had gotten to this place where, you know, we had staff that were helping and everybody's gifts were being used. And we had, I started the women's ministry. We had circle of mm. friends going. Mm-hmm. I had you know, the Bible, believe it or not, we had all the different kinds of classes and everything that was super fun to help people. And we did a lot of outreach, a lot. Yes, Even when um, Duluth Fall Festival reminds me because this past weekend was the festival yep. or weekend before last, I guess. And, um, and the neat thing about that is that we started the church in the park, and it's still going today. Still going to this day. So when they moved from, from Saturday to Oh, Saturday and Sunday for the event. Yeah, they uh, reached out to Pastor Jack and said, "I know this is going to affect your congregation. So, how do you feel about that?" And um, well, the good news is, that, yeah, they they did they did ask me, and I was delighted to speak in the park and uh, to, um, so to, to hopefully that people who've never heard the gospel would hear it and give their heart to Christ. And there were people that didn't give their heart to Christ, and some of those people I later married. And uh, and the good news is is that tradition still goes on to this day of that park service, which is uh, really pretty cool. We were always involved in Duluth Fall Festival anyway. Yes. Like even the you know the artists that would bring their um, museum framed paintings into the building so that they wouldn't be out in the elements yeah. and then you know protecting them. We hosted even the luncheons that they had. We hosted there and so you know, no cost and just really being involved in, in the city, which is what we're all about. We've always been about being involved and engaged wherever we happen to be. Well, and Well, which know. is exactly what the church is about. Exactly. To be involved be. and engaged in the community. There you go. And that's it's really a good thing that, you know, God redirected us, like you said, in a different way. And not that any other direction is wrong. It's just that our redirection was something that means a lot to us. And so I wanted to tell yeah. this story today to awesome. appreciate my favorite pastor. Awesome. Thank so you, <laughs> I remember one of the um, words when we were praying, and we actually went on a, um, well, our first and only um, uh, sabbatical, yeah, sabbatical that we ever took. It was like a four weeks, actually, yeah. where we took uh, four weeks off, and we went to several parts of the country and spent some time under some people that we trusted, yeah. um, shared what we were going through and asking for prayer. And, and really, God didn't use those people 
for giving us direction or anything. They were certainly supportive and kind and, you know, generous with their time. Yeah. And certainly names that you would recognize if I mentioned them. But um, that's not as important as really what God did when we when we got back to the Atlanta airport. And we were like, okay, what was that all about? Because yeah, I know. here we are still like... But, but it was an effort seeking. to at least try to get counsel, try to get advice, try to get input so you just don't go off willy-nilly and do your own thing type of deal. Um, you know, seeking, you know, abundance. There's uh, wisdom in the abundance of counselors. And mm-hmm. so we submitted ourselves to those men and their wives and um, of, hey, here's what we feel like the Lord's saying. And what do you guys think about it? And, you know, give us your feedback. And, I, and I'm glad you brought that up because that was, uh, that was what that time was really all about. We spent a lot of time reading and praying, oh you know, from hotel room to hotel room to hotel room to yeah. hotel room because yeah. we did four different uh, locations, one pretty much one a week. And um, until we arrived back home. And I, I do want to mention, too, the people in our lives, um, like Pastor Dennis Kutzner and oh, Larry yeah. Goodwin and Ralph Deal and uh, Rod Buzzard and those pastors who sowed into our lives all throughout our you know, marriage, early marriage and early ministry and um, the Calvary Ministries International, our work with, uh, with all of them has been priceless to us. Well, those men and women are frankly, foundation pillars in my life, and I am who I am because of them. That's I right. love them. Well, we went to um, Calvary um, Bible College, and, uh, you know, and we were part of, you know, Camp Calvary and doing all the crazy stuff we did out there, zip lining and taking our motorcycles up to camp, you know, and, and for the teenagers, and it yeah. was super fun. So we, we definitely have a lot of seed here, there, and everywhere. That's right. And, you know, and thank God for that, because it's all to His glory. And then when we got back to Atlanta, and the Lord spoke that one word to my heart, and I was like, I don't, don't say that I've ever heard God, mm. you know, speak um, clearly like that um, a couple times in my entire life, but the word was Anastasia, and I, I was like, I have no clue what that means, mm. and um, I, I kind of Google. well, it wasn't Google at the time, I'm not sure how I figured it out, but it ended up being um, in a baby book where I found the name, it's actually a name, and Anastasia is a girl's name of Greek um, origin, and it says it means resurrection. Mm. And the name is derived from the masculine Greek uh, name Anastasias, um, which sh- I'm not going to try to read all of this, but it does say um, could be an ideal choice for a baby's name who's born at Christmas or Easter. Oh, and when wow. I read that, that cool. it was powerful because we had started on oh. Easter Sunday, oh, yeah. 1988. And uh, so I love that. Um, that it's globally recognized as a historical figure um, known as the last daughter. That was kind of interesting. Hmm. And then the other part that I really want to bring out, it says the baby Anastasia is set to bring a new dawn to your life. Hmm. And again, that was something that the Lord was saying, okay, you're not going in this direction. You mm-hmm. know, I've got something different. I've got something new. I'm doing this other thing. Um, the, behold, the Lord's doing a new thing, you know, like scripture right. talks about. So lots of prayer, 30 days from East Coast to West Coast to North and South for that sabbatical. And, um, and even what I would consider somewhat of a painful conclusion, the decision to follow um, God and not follow man, because mm. I think um, it's hard to say, 
say, okay, guess what? We're not going to do what y'all thought we were going to do. And yeah. um, so it was a very, very difficult uh, decision uh, to, to, to go that direction. Um, and, you know, the leadership was 100% united on it. And when you, um, like with anything, if you're going to, when you do what's normally expected, um, it's, it's accepted, you know, uh, what a restaurant is, you know, it's normally, but if you open up something weird, you know, it's kind of like, well, that, that doesn't, that's not like a restaurant, you know, what are you, what are these people all about? You know, cause we, we grow accustomed to, you know, uh, ag- architecture and climate and et cetera, et cetera. But when that changes or if it does change dra- drastically or dramatically from what we would consider the norm mm-hmm. of, um, you know, what church even is or what a restaurant is or what, a, you know, we, and we, and we divert from that to do something, you know, a little, a little different. I mean, I'll use a food analogy. Um, you know, I mean, back, you, you don't remember back in the seventies and eighties, there wasn't like, you know, food trucks and there weren't all these trendy chef driven kind of restaurants around. Everybody was going to the main, main line restaurant. Getting coffee we, from a diner and yeah, not a coffee shop. Exactly. Like, <laughs> drive what, through what the coffee. heck is this about? And these things all of a sudden, and when they, when they're moving into a, a new, uh, you know, launching into that and everybody is suspect of it all of a sudden then that thing now becomes the norm and, and that, that continues to evolve. I mean, mm-hmm. forgive me, but, and, uh, but if you look at, um, Starbucks, how Starbucks started, you know, it was kind of this little third place gathering out in the out West and people come in, know each other, hanging out, you know, and, and that was what it was about. And that was really cool. And then that kind of took off and, and, uh, for, and forgive, for, forgive me for this, what I'm about to say next, but, you know, now, you know... We can, we can cut it out. If mo- we most, of the, most of the uh, mainline coffee shops, now is about, you know, how many can we how many can we get through the drive through It doesn't really matter where we know anybody, you know, let's get in, get out. Their name is on the cup. Go in, get your cup, you know, instead of hang out. You know, that that's changed. Now what's interesting is, is those models are now changing back a little bit because they realize this relational dynamic and being in community, well, is really super important. And so, you know, businesses kind of ebb and flow with this. At the end of the day, um, you know, and for for me and my faith, I wanted um, I I, uh, I I wanted people to be in community together, to know one another, to be a part of one another's lives. Um, that's how we live and grow, you know, better. And uh, again, if we go back to the early church, if you go into the Book of Acts. Uh, and you read how the early church was, and you research what their life was actually like. They actually kind of lived on top of one another. I don't know if you've ever been overseas, or you've been to Africa, or you look at um, uh, Muslim communities. They they kind of live on top of one another. Their houses are kind of integrated together, and uh, they're you know they're living with and among themselves. And, and, and on one side, you think, well, well, I don't know if I like that. But on another side, it could really be deep and intimate and connected, and you're really learning and growing together versus kind of occasionally seeing one another, bumping into one another on the street and do this kind of let's catch up kind of a deal. And um, and, and where that is authentic and real, um, you know, uh, it's it, it can also really miss something uh, in, in that relational dynamic. And so that's why we ended up 
moving the church to a direction of of uh, more of a seven day a week you know type of ministry we bought uh, you know so we didn't stop we never stopped doing ministry by the way I don't yeah. care what you're doing everybody always says uh, oh did, you're doing you're yeah, back yeah. in ministry again I'm like uh, yeah. when did we ever leave ministry first of all we're all in ministry if we're believing if in you're Jesus a believer you're him. in ministry if you so, don't know you're in right. ministry then you need to know you're in ministry um, but uh, you know um, we 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 did this seven day a week you know thing with uh, we had tennis courts, swimming pools, and and, and the cafes, all all in, with the idea of trying to be involved and invest in that community, and give back to the community, and interact with the community. And the community was coming on that property. We saw thousands and thousands of people come on that community. You used to share your faith around the pool as people had pool memberships because we and the reason it happened is because it wasn't an event. It was living life and doing it together. You're you're a part of it. They're coming to the pool. Relational dynamics are happening versus uh, we've carved out th- these 90 minutes where we're going to talk about this and invite people to. It's happening in rhythm of living life. And uh, you were very effective at it. We saw a tremendous amount of growth uh, during those days. All right. So let me build a bridge between Go right uh, where, ahead. where we've been, where um, CCF and, and the changes that we made and you talking about swim tennis. Because the um, two, in 2006, basically, is was when the Lord called us from more of the big church building to a big church impact. And that's kind of the way I look at it, because um, from more of a Christian assembly to a Christ-centered action, um, integrated fellowship and community living, like you said, in and among. And there are, like I, I want to mention two coffee shops, like Whole Being Coffee Shop and yes. um, Flowery Branch is an amazing example of a beautiful Tremendous coffee shop. Tremendous example. And Kevin and Gail, owners of that, are amazing people. Um, 5510 Main Street and Flowery Branch, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But um, so what we did after um, trying to figure out what we would do next is uh, in praying about it. And somebody in the local community reached out to Jack and said, Hey, I've got this seven acre property here in Duluth and you might just be crazy enough to do something with it. And um, we had always been about rebuilding and restoring and, you know, from renting that Brownlee's furniture store to remodeling it and then tearing down the cricket box factory and building the sanctuary there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and just staying involved in the town. And they wanted us to stay in Duluth. So they found this property, and um, we reached out to our leadership and all walked over there. And when we were on the property, I know that both you and I could see this place packed with people and yeah. local and and those that are coming in from out of town and, you know, just see activity on the courts and in the pool. And, you know, so we kind of got a vision for um, children's ministry that could be more camp like so I would I started our healthy kids camps and his kids camps for Sunday school and or you know summer school and things like that and then um, we remodeled everything pretty mm-hmm. much from oh, stem yeah, to stern thousands of dollars on and it. Uh, did a whole lot of things just uh, bootstrapped it basically it's sure. like we needed you know this much money to resurface the pool so we sold memberships dirt cheap just to get enough to resurface it and then same things with the tennis courts as well as borrowing money to finish the tennis courts and get them going with US, USTA um, tournaments being there ev- almost every weekend, like three weekends a month. And mm-hmm. so like you said, just thousands of people coming across the property and just living life in and among, you know, not trying to look at everybody as I'm not hunting, you know, I'm, I, you 
know, for somebody who needs Jesus. You know, I just was living my life yeah. and you were living your life. And we had an opportunity because it had a gathering room. So Epic became Epic Family Life Center mm-hmm. and Epic Faith uh, own, owning it and having that facility on um, that property and being able to use it. So remodel was complete. Reputation was rebuilt. Um, it had a bad reputation when we bought it. We restored mm-hmm. that reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, ministry was rekindled there. And we kind of resurrected that place, gave it new life and a new yeah. name and thousands of people passing through the doors and gates every weekend. So mm-hmm. Epic Faith and the Epic Family Life Center was born. And it lived a very good, healthy life uh, for many years. Yes, it did. Until the Lord said, okay, what's next? And God began to speak to us again, or I say you, because I you know, was like, okay, where are we going now? Oh, no. And uh, so episode five, as it were, is from stationary to missionary, from um, you know, integrated church to mobile church and micro church and food trucks. You mentioned it once before, uh, the food truck analogy. After hearing Jack speak, actually sharing his food truck analogy, there was a pastor who even wrote a book about it because they loved his analogies and he's full of those. And uh, it really helps bring meaning, just like Jesus. He taught in stories and parables, and my Jack does that same thing. That's why I always say, You're my favorite pastor, favorite preacher. Mm-hmm. So instead of going to church or the church going to church, we took the church to people is really what that amounted to. And um, becoming the church with a more mobile um, aspect and feeding people where they live, taking the food to the people who are hungry and thirsty for our Savior Jesus. And, you know, taking care of them and what I call feeding the sheep. So um, now tell us a little bit more about that or whatever else you have on your, your list of things there. Wow. Well, you know, um, first of all, let me just say this as a, uh, as, a, um, not, as a big thought to wrap our head around. Um, when, it, when it comes to the church, when we talk about the church, um, you know, anybody who preaches on the Bible, that preaches Christ, the only, uh, the only, uh, if you're, if you're believing in Jesus Christ, who he is, the son of God, and he gave his life for us, and, it, and our father has the best of intentions uh, for our life and is involved in our life, regardless of any label, denomination, or any of that, any of that stuff, you know, the, the, what matters is the central theme of the gospel. Yeah. In Jesus Christ, he loves us. He gave his life for us. We live in a fallen world, and he came to redeem us. There you go. And um, so I'm never going to argue or I have a bone to pick or an ax to grind against any certain kind of expression anymore than I would um, with the food. You know, I've traveled, you and I have traveled the world. Mm-hmm. And um, I can just tell you that... Um, the food in Africa is really different than the food here. And what they use as their main staple of uh, food, you know, and they're, they're, is, is, is different. Are they wrong? Now, of course they're not wrong. What are they trying to do? Feed and nourish people and mm. stay alive. Good. And so, you know, we tend to sometimes argue over the recipe or get hung up on the food product and not the result of the actual food. Mm-hmm. And this is where we can, in my view, go astray. So I don't have a dog in this fight. Uh, the only thing I care about is, are people coming to know Christ? So, uh, you know, I've told you this, I've told this story too many times, but uh, when our church was um, 
you know, considered a, a large church. You know, it's interesting what people are focused on. Um, you know, somebody stopped me in the foyer one and after on a Sunday afternoon between services. Hey, Pastor, how many people should I say attend our church? It's an interesting question. You know, you wonder what's the motivation behind that, or are you wanting to tell your friends that, hey, we're as successful as you, or what's this all about? And here's what came out of my mouth. I didn't say that, of course, um, but what I did say, and is I didn't have this teed up. It just came out of my mouth. Maybe it's something I read a few weeks before. I said, you tell them that two billion people attend our church. Tell them two billion. And he looked at me. Are in our church. Are in the church. Tell them two billion people are in our church. That's right. Tell them two billion people are in our church. And he looked at me very confused, like, uh, man, that's a creative math you've got right there. <laughs> and he said, two billion? I said, yeah, that, here's why at that time. I said, there are six billion people on the planet. I said, two billion of those people proclaim to follow Christ. Only they know, and only he knows whether they're following him. But the fact they proclaim it, I'm good with it, so I'm going to count the two billion. <laughs> so you tell them two billion people attend our church because there's only one church. There's only one leader of the entire church. That's not Pastor Jack or Pastor Jim or Pastor Bob or Pastor so-and-so. Even though it's Pastor Appreciation Day, we <laughs> need to appreciate the shepherd of all shepherds, the, sheep, the shepherd of all sheep, Amen. and Jesus the himself. Great he's the great shepherd. He's the one. In fact, the Bible tells us that he's the head. We're not the head. I'm not the head. We're just a part of the body. But he's the one driving this uh, great thing called the church. And as the Apostle Paul said in the book of Philippians, because Paul was in prison, and uh, people came and said, Jesus, I said, Paul, people are out here preaching the gospel with really wrong motives. What did Paul say? I just thank God the gospel is being preached, you know, because the word is the word. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to do on that. So anyhow, I got off on a little bunny trail there. So uh, when we were at Epic, tell me the actually, question. we had, that's okay, <laughs> <laughs> at, uh, at Epic, you know, we used to have the Sunday morning service, Correct. you know, and the gathering that was there, and some of the tennis players would come in. Sometimes they would eat in the cafe, because you cooked in the cafe. I used to tease that you fed the sheep, and you fed the sheep um, spiritually and physically. And um, um, so I was thinking about also the, when we moved to the that facility and the things that the disappointment that I mentioned earlier and how some people weren't happy with all of that and it's like why would you do that and there must be something wrong and then there were like all these rumors and things yeah it's like when you're trying to follow Jesus and do the best you can with your heart that you know sometimes it's not gonna you know sit well with some people and I, I just remember I mean the leadership team and everyone coming together and when we made that decision as a group and we decided we weren't going to build on that property and the integrity, since I'm talking about the clean acronym, you know, character means a lot to you and I. And so when I think about, you know, the character that you had was giving that money back to anybody who wanted it, who had contributed to the property, just Mm -hmm. so that, you know, they they give to that property and that vision and that mission um, that we had basically sold them, this is what we're doing. And so with integrity and the highest of character in my mind, um, anybody who who um, requested it got their money back from their donations, mm-hmm. and that was costly. I mean, making this change was costly for you and I, um, for sure, and Absolutely. some of those things that we went through. And I'm not saying that to toot our own horn, but I'm just saying character means something. That's right. And integrity and honesty and all of those things should be a part of every ministry, no matter what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, and Epic continued to do what it was called to do. It, it fed people yeah. and unique things. We had a great youth group. We, we met people from the community we would never have met. That's right. 
and been able to, you know, pray with families that were going through struggles, just because not because they came to our church that we prayed for them. They were just a part they of the membership, didn't right. attend our church at all, right. but they came for prayer or they came to get married or we did some funerals, um, you know, and th- memorial services and things like that. The property was used for amazing things. I always like to tell about the special, special Olympics that we used to do with the mm-hmm. tennis players that, um, you know, from... Um, disabilities, you know, physical and, and mental, emotional. Those are all great, great stories. So yep. now let's get into a little bit more about where we are now, because even though we did say we have not, um, you know, stopped ministry at all, we're definitely doing, uh, still doing ministry, still doing ministry, even though we've been bivocational, you have your general contractor's license, your licensed commercial realtor, and still a minister and a coach with ICF. So there's a lot of hats that you wear uh, for us to try to Which, cover all the bases. If you listen to some previous con- podcasts, this will <laughs> totally make sense. Yes, you have to listen to the Jack of All Trades and what do you want to be when you grow up, I guess, that that series around there. Um, but we're not, uh, you know, we are semi-retired, you know, He's 67, I'm 65, and uh, I really want to retire, but I want to just retire into full-time ministry again, so I don't necessarily work well, some of the other stuff. But I wrote something down about retirement, and I don't okay. want to disappoint anybody out there, <laughs> uh, but there actually is no retirement in the Bible. Uh, there's not a verse that goes, and now you shall retire and sit back and enjoy whatever. There is no retirement in the Bible. In fact, and this might even be more disappointing, well, I hope this doesn't disappoint you, but we all know that we're here for, you know, depending on your faith, you know, but here's my faith, you know, that the, we are on this amazing planet that God made for us. We're here to do His work. That's why we're here, to do His work. We, whatever we're doing, well, I don't care if you're working at Home Depot or a restaurant, if you're a believer, you're, that's, your, that's part of your work, but other part of your work, if you're a believer, is to help make more sheep, to share your faith, to see people come to Christ. And, and so um, there's no real mention of retirement in the Bible. I've read the Bible cover to cover, and I saw no real verse that said, and now when you turn this age, just kick back and sit on the front porch. That's and, right. And, um, and so... Um, There's no retirement. (laughs) There's no retirement. Here's the other thing. There's actually no... When you go to heaven, there's no retirement there either. Mm -hmm. The Bible doesn't say when you go to heaven, you're now going to sit around and listen to worship music forever. The harps and the the cloud. That's not very compelling. (laughs) Here's what it does say, though. It says we're going to rule and reign with Christ. If if God is a creator, he's always going to be creating, and we don't have any idea what he has in mind, but this little planet we're on right now, Earth, is pretty impressive. I can only imagine what he's got up his sleeve, sorry, Lord, um, beyond this life. And we are going to be doing things, being active. I don't know what that all means, but he does. So anyhow, sorry, so I'm I preaching think one, now. Yeah, Go ahead. I think one Stop of the me. things, Stop since me. we... I, I'm trying. Um, <laughs> you're not paying attention <laughs> to my messages. No. Um, so back to what we're doing right now. Yeah, I think, um, you know, because, um, you know, it's like, it's like time to go again, in a way. I mean, we've been going, but there's some new things happening. We joined um, a lot of things going on up on Lake Lanier, and so we've been pretty much enjoying fellowship and friendship with people up there. We also um, are bringing a message to the to the lake. I do a Lake Ladies Bible study. Um, we want to eventually do Epic on the Lake, but we're we're really trying to lean into wherever God opens a door for studying the Bible. And I think the Bible is the key to all of our health and wellness. And when we're talking about healthy living revolution, like our shirts say, that's really what it's all about. It's the overall because it's really I I focus 
focus a lot on my own health or our own health whenever I do my podcast and really leaning into our physical health, our mental health, our emotional health, and, and of course, our spiritual health. And But we've got to remember that there's so much going on around us all the time, and we certainly are experiencing a lot of things right now. We're not going to mention a lot of that. But what we are talking about is the fact that we've got to care about our own health, our own mission, and also about the world around us and those people who actually need more stability in their life or more peace, like some of the things that we've found that work for our marriage or work for our business, a lot of them are very much the same things. And so when we um, talk about the things that we're starting now, like you've got a podcast, and I know that one of the things I wanted you to share mm. is about the um, Beyond the Shire with Jack Wolf. And I got, again, I'm a podcaster that's telling you to listen to somebody else's podcast, and that's because we're all in this together. There's uh, all kinds of great um, messages out there. So Tell us about Beyond the Shire. What does that mean, and where did that name come from? Well, Beyond the Shire. Yes, you should listen to the podcast. I'm not. Stephanie's consistent week after week after week. I'm uh, consistent in a different way. You're and consistently from time to time. Uh, but go back to the very beginning, Beyond the Shire. Start listening. To it. I do leadership stuff, but then I do. Uh, I transition. Do a lot of stuff around the around faith, around the Bible that are uh, relational and dynamic. Beyond the Shire came from the movie The Hobbit, and um, it uh, it really is. Uh, you know, a great, if you ever watched The Hobbit, you'll watch this great interaction between uh, Gandalf and Bilbo. And um, it's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, story how G Gandalf appears to Bilbo. And, and when he appears to Bilbo, Bilbo is coming out of the, coming out of the house and he's got his pipe. He's going out to get the mail, you know, and, uh, and Gandalf is, is standing there in front of Bilbo. And, and he says to Bilbo, I'm going to tell the others you know, that you're coming type of deal. Like, what, what, coming, going, going, where, where, I'm not going anywhere, you know, type of thing. And they start to have this conversation. And Bilbo says to Gandalf, um, Gandalf, I, you know, who, who are you? He says, I'm Gandalf when I am, I'm Gandalf. And he goes, the wandering wizard, this is it. I remember watching your fireworks show on this uh, summer's eve kind of a thing, you know, and I didn't know, he says this, I didn't know you were still around. You know, kind of a deal. He says it like that. That's the exact word. I didn't know. And Gandalf goes, well, where else would I be? Now, it's interesting. A lot of people who are not believers don't know that this is actually a Christian metaphorical film, you know, written by Tolkien, who was a believer. And, um, and so they're having this conversation, you know, Gandalf and Bilbo. And then he's, he's trying to get Bilbo to step into this adventure. And, and, and um, Bilbo goes, oh, no, I... I'm not interested in any kind of adventure. Um, no, I can't imagine anyone west of Bree would even want to go on an adventure. And so Bilbo goes about his business. He's kind of muttering to himself and talking about how adventures are nasty and disturbing and uncomfortable. And then this happens right here. This will preach. And I've preached it. But then Bilbo, uh, he gets Bilbo's attention because Gandalf says, you know, um, he, he mentioned him by another name. And when he mentioned him by another name, it got, it got Bilbo's, Bilbo's attention. And we have kind of a spiritual name. And uh, we're, you know, God kind of calls us, and he, and he was like amazed that he, that, he remembered, that he remembered this. And it kind of awakened Bilbo to his heritage and to his, if you will, um, faith. And uh, it's interesting because then he finally tells, um, he tells Bilbo, 
Um, all right, I'll tell the others that I'm coming, that you're coming along. And then it cuts to another scene where they're inside uh, Bilbo's house. And uh, Bilbo is, they have these pictures of kind of his family heritage, kind of like our, like the, like Hebrews talks about the faith of Moses mm, and think yeah. about, think about it in that way. Right. And, um, and he asked, um, he asked Gandalf he said, um, well, if I go, uh, will I come back? And, um, you know, Gandalf did not say, oh yeah, absolutely. But he says, if you do, if you do come back, you will never be the same. And that story resonates with my heart so much about the people of faith. Uh, forgive me, but we'd rather, we don't want to go on an adventure. We're not really interested in getting, I, I shouldn't say that categorically. We struggle sometimes to be as engaged as mm -hmm. we actually were. And just so I can wear this metaphor out, I think it's really great that metaphorically in the story, when you look at Bilbo, they're kind of these odd creatures with big feet. And they're short, hobbits. you know, squatty. They're, they're hobbits, for crying out loud. And I think Tolkien did a great job because a lot of times when we think about people of faith, we think of, you know, these, these giants, these Samson type of people, but it's it's ordinary every day. I'm going to use the word ordinary because actually everybody ordinary. Tom, uh, uh, what's that quarterback you like? Uh, Tom uh, Brady. Brady. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Tom Brady's Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Sorry, Tom. Sorry he's if you not get this a quarterback podcast. anymore. Tom Brady. You know he's actually. I've every, got new, new Everybody's ordinary, if you will. We're all made of the same thing, and exactly. so you know to to kind of drill down on the point that we're going to have to be a superstar to be used, but just. God wants to use everyday people, ordinary people. And and Bilbo goes on this adventure, and it's an extraordinary, extraordinary movie. And he gets stronger and stronger. You know, and, the things he was very selfish or self-confident or oh, had a, a lack of self-confidence. And, you know, and then he grew in his confidence and started um, oh, to feel a, a part of the mission and stuff. And that's what Beyond the Shire is all about. And yes. we also started uh, something else just here before we close yep. is, um, you know, the adult Bible community. And we started that at Whole Being um, in Flowery Branch uh, at the that's uh, right. Whole Being Cafe, which is amazing. They've got a beautiful upper room, and so with couches and chairs and tables, and uh, it's just a fun experience, actually, to go there on Sunday evenings at 5. And so our goal is just really to read the Word, you know, question things, you know, ask things, learn things, grow in our faith using just the Bible. So it's just the Word of God and our ability to... Um, to just share in each other's lives, pray for one another, and um, and it's adults, so you know, grab a babysitter and um, take care of your kids, and maybe it's a date night. But those are just some of the things. This weekend, I've got my leading ladies um, reunion, so I've got uh, almost twenty women coming to the house, which is going to be fun and exciting. Um, thank you for um, being able to cook for us, Jack, and serve us. I appreciate that very much. And so, um, just in closing, do you have a final thought that you want to leave <laughs> with someone? Thought. Um, the adult Bible community um, is really about how, how to understand the Bible as a current 
word for today. This mm-hmm. is um, how do we read it for October the whatever date the twelfth, twenty twenty three. How can we read it and get the understanding of how do we live our life right now and what's going on in the news, what's going on in our world? And the Bible actually helps us understand this, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're digging into it in that way. It it, it will make an impact uh, in your lives. It's not just about me speaking; it's about all of us working, growing together. Amen. Well, thank you for that. All right. So today we are celebrating pastors and especially you pastor's wives even. I'm going to give a shout out to you because you're often the unsung heroes behind the scenes, creators um, and laborers leading from the middle of the pack. So I appreciate all of you. And um, I'm excited that Jack Wolf was here with us today. Jack at My Epic Faith, if you want more information about the adult Bible community or about Epic Faith in general, myepicfaith.org. So you've been listening to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf, brought to you by the Whole Food Health Coach LLC, where we make your goals our goals, and you're never alone on your wellness journey. And Dr. Catherine Wegman of the Direct Primary Care Clinic in Swanee, Georgia. So any um, tests, she can do all kinds of things. She's been my primary care physician for the last two years in this membership capacity. Um, You can go to gamdirect.com to see this amazing membership and see if it works for you. So as always, for more information on the Whole Food Health Coach or our corporate wellness programs, virtual classes, or individual coaching programs, go to wholefoodhealthcoach.com. Our coaching is available virtually anywhere in the country. I'm Stephanie Wolf, wishing you well personally and professionally. See you next time live or on your favorite podcast channel. Until then, choose life.